Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to the fourth season of Nickish. This is episode number one of the of this season, and uh, we're excited because today is the start of the new NBA season. Twenty one twenty two begins tonight in a couple of hours with uh, Nets and Bucks. Uh, excited to bring this edition of the show, especially after three years. When you think back, what the Knicks were like three years ago when we started this show, we had. Kevin Knox just being a kid with a lot of upside, and now he's just a kid, and we have Frank Nilakina <laughs> being our baby boy, and he's gone. Um, but that's neither here nor there. There's a lot to break down in this episode, and um, we're Nafi and I are both excited. Let's bring in my partner, man. How you doing? Doing all right, man. I mean, I wish you would have just asked me, yo, so uh, what's going on with you? I would have just been like, nothing. Nothing special today. But nah, bro. Like, like you said, bro, our fourth season doing this. A lot of change, you know, this is like probably the first season opener we're going in not sounding jaded as hell. I figure that's a change for the for the better. And yeah, man, I mean, you said a couple hours. I think the, the uh, Nets-Bucks game is about to start right now for oh, all fucking, transparency. Yeah, 7.30. Yeah, Shit. man, come on now. We ain't on West know. Coast time. That's how you know. I just came back from work. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that not, that's not even, that's the rust. You take a couple, of te- a couple of first few games of the season to just knock off, knock off that rust off, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But, um... Yeah, man. I mean, we're here. NBA season about to start. I mean, technically basketball starting tonight, but for us Knicks fans, us real New Yorkers that rep the only true one New York team, our season starts tomorrow. Christmas is tomorrow, basically. This is Christmas Eve, basically, um, for for Knicks fans. So we're about to, you know, stick like a nice gift under the the Knicksmas tree, aka season four episode. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, let's get to it, man. I think first up. We want to start this off talking about, obviously, our game against the Celtics tomorrow. So I'm going to throw it back to you, bro. Like, set the table. What's, uh, what's uh, on deck for our, you know, season opener matchup with the uh, Boston Racists? I mean, Celtics. Oh, oh, oh careful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> slip of the tongue, slip of the tongue. Oh. You know? I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> yo, actually, yo, tonight must be... Like how white people feel the night before Christmas, because that's that's how it is for us. <laughs> with the with the Knicks playing tomorrow, um, real basketball. I know we had the preseason shouts to King Julius on that buzzer beater against the Wizards on the fourth game, capping off a uh, 4-0 uh, run for the Knicks, undefeated so far. And mm-hmm. I think uh, the Knicks have a pretty good shot at keeping that going tomorrow when they face off against oh, I was like, 82 and 0 bro like come on now <laughs> i thought i was drinking the kool-aid <laughs> you damn near drowning in it all right <laughs> yeah you're right you're right you i mean nah. uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of fucking storylines to, to start off with now before we get into predictions and all that let's let's talk a little bit about the storylines because this is the celtics versus the knicks the storied uh franchises both of which have gone back and forth over the past few decades but uh some of the noteworthy items really is just Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, both mm-hmm. of whom were on the Celtics last season. A disappointing season for both of them on the Celtics, who was a 7th seed team, and now they're both a part of the New York Knicks, and they look fairly solid. Not as good as they could have, but you know we're just getting started in, yeah. the, in the preseason. So when it comes to Kemba Walker, I don't know if he had a chance to listen to Zach Lowe's podcast when he had Kemba, but there was a lot of episode. interesting insight, and I, I love the fact that Zach brought him in and Gave him a chance to talk about his feelings on the trade um, from from Boston to AK, OKC and then being bought out from OKC and eventually joining the Knicks. So, when you see those two guys, who do you who are you more excited to see for tomorrow? Yeah, trick question, Kemba. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, no knock on Fournier. Great, good, good player. Happy we got him. Um, but uh, come on now, bro. Like we're not even gonna like. Yeah, it's it's a cute little storyline. Kemba had a hot minute with Boston. Evan Fournier had a, literally a cup of coffee with Boston. That man, if I was him, I would have taken a very hot shower as soon as I played my last game of Boston. Just wash that filth off. You know what I mean? Because hmm. he knew he had brighter blue and orange pastures to get to. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I mean, obviously, looking out for how Kemba looks, not only just because it's against his former team, who 
kind of unceremoniously dumped him. You know what I mean? Put him, threw him to OKC, and actually took back Al Horford's bad contract because that's how little they thought of Kemba's you know value versus the contract they gave him. But the bigger story beyond that is yo, it's homecoming for Kemba. Like I know he had his Garden moment in the preseason. You know what I mean? The the, the crowd gave him the reaction that he would be looking for, but it's the real thing tomorrow, bro. Like, this is Knicks basketball. This is we're in a post. We're not technically, we're, we're not technically in post-COVID yet, but we are post, like, empty arena. So this is going to be the first Knicks game, aside from the playoffs, where we got Kemba, you know what I mean, coming home, basically. I think that's the first storyline I'm going to see, how he how he looks. I think initially, first few minutes, he might just look a little, little nervous, you know what I mean? But he's a pro's pro. He's a vet at this point. But, yeah. Long answer to a short answer. I'm definitely looking more, looking. I'm more excited for you know Kemba's debut tomorrow. What about you? Don't say yeah. Fournier. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm exiting out of this <laughs> this, this podcast right now. No, it, it was kind of a rhetorical question, clearly. But no, I'm excited for Cardiac Kemba. What's interesting was that that trade for Kemba for Al Horford and the picks in between. That was Brad Stevens' first move as GM of the Got Celtics. Kemba the and hell out of there. I'm Shit. expecting Kemba to be in redemption mode and try to show them what they lost out on. He didn't have the best seasons due to injuries, but when he played, he played fairly well. Um, and, you know, the team overall, as far as what Boston has right now, should be a better team than they were last season. Obviously, Jason Tatum was one of the best guys on Team USA, but he was coming off COVID. Um, and, you know, we saw that that was a struggle for him. But, nah, back as far as Kemba goes, the dude gave up $20 million to be a part of the New York Knicks to come home and play, you know, play his heart out uh, for the Garden and for the fans, and we see that he's excited. He's a good ass dude too. So, nah, man, Kemba's gonna light up the crowd tomorrow. It's gonna be, as Julius Randle says, it's gonna be chaos tomorrow. Yo, he did say that, didn't he? Like he yeah. said that, like, <laughs> like he was a Joker. He's like, what, <laughs> Mr. Joker? What do you, what do you expect for uh, Gotham tomorrow? Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but um. <laughs> Nah, facts. And, yeah, to your point, like, definitely he's going to come out hungry. And, you know, just looking at it, you know, basketball-wise, we got we to gotta put it out there. Horford's going to be out. Al Horford, he's making his, mm-hmm. you know, return to Boston. That's another – that's the return on the other on the other side. You know what I mean? But he's going to be out for COVID. It says Jalen Brown is questionable because um, he got COVID. I think he's vaxxed too, right? Or no? I think yeah. he's vaxxed. Yeah, he's yeah. vaxxed. And he got COVID last week. So, I, I don't know how serious it was. A lot of people who, who's vaxxed and get COVID, their symptoms aren't as serious as those who weren't vaxxed. But right, right. either way, it's not going to be 100%. So Yeah, I mean, they, and they say questionable. So I probably, you know, it's, it's, it's get, literally game one. Brad Seam is probably just going to be like, nah, just <laughs> just take that extra game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just going to be kind of Tatum out there with, you know, they made some additions. Obviously, you know, we just spoke on Kemba leaving. They got rid of Tristan Thompson. Luke Cornett, Nick's great. One of, the, one of the, the sweetest shooting white big men the Knicks have ever had. Probably the best right. one, if we're being honest. You know what I mean? In the last Clearly. three years. Easy. Clear. Hmm. Easy peasy. You talk about 2018, three years ago? Because Luke Cornett was the apple of our eye. But aside from these subtractions, subtractions from the Celtics, you know, they brought in Horford, I just mentioned. Josh Richardson, who Solid. two years ago, he was the NBA hipster's, like, dream, like, 3 and D wing. Now he's, he's getting passed around like a... Nah, I'm not going to say something that's about to get me canceled. And then they, they brought back Enos Cancer, you know what I mean? Um, uh, uh, former Knicks fan favorite. Somehow they try to sell that storyline. Half the fan base hated him. The other half are like, talk about like how Mark Jackson could be, still be a great coach nowadays. So we really? don't pay attention to that half. Hmm. And, and obviously they got Mr. Mr. Fumble Your Bag, Dennis Schroeder. Um, I'm not sure if he's starting. I think he seems more like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know shit about Ime Udoka's like head coaching chops because this is literally his first head coaching job. But just... Schroeder just kind of profiles to me as more of like a spark plug off the bench. And I could see like Smart being their starting point guard with Tatum and um, Rob Williams, um, you know, the, the 10 cent version of Mitch Robinson who just got paid. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. just going off that math, like shit, Mitch about to get 10 times that much. But yeah, he's he's starting at center. Um, don't know who else, but they, oh, they got Juancho Hernan Gomez who, I don't know, bro, he might just be trying to get some payback on the Knicks franchise for us like shipping his. His, his his big brother, his little brother, off. Brother? His little I don't know. brother from like four years ago. Yeah, I mean, is that shit, man, man. Still in the NBA. All, we were here. The second team. I mean, we, I think he's actually cooking in uh, cooking in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Literally cooking. Okay. He's got his own 
you know, bake shop there, restaurant, <laughs> sit down and eat. <laughs> he took advantage of the COVID closures, you know what I mean? He's bought up mad land. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, no, I mean, I'm just looking at this, like, all credit needs to be given to Tatum for how great of a player he is that's so young. Like, it became a meme that, yo, he's only 19 years old. Like, that was like four years ago. So, I mean, he's obviously blossoming into just exactly what he should you know, Boston hoped he would be a franchise player. So I'm interested interested to see, like, one, who he choose to match up with Tatum. Like, given how the preseason has went and the kind of the hype and, the and like, you know, the storyline that's been out there, RJ being our designated wing uh, defender now, that's going to be the key matchup to watch, obviously. And I'm going to see how RJ does because that's going to be a tough test. And, you know, I think he's up for it. You know, last season he was able to kind of take Kawhi bodying up, bodying him up. You know yeah. what I mean? And now he supposedly got even stronger, which yo shit, RJ might be looking like Bane in like a year and a half. But yeah, that's that's what I'm watching. But what what what's uh I give me I, I mean aside from that matchup, what's another you know kind of matchup you're watching on the floor tomorrow? Well, I mean, as far as starting lineup goes, without Horford, I'm thinking the lineup will probably end up being, you know, Smart, maybe even Josh Richardson. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Jalen Brown's going to play tomorrow. Tatum will probably be at the four, and Williams will be at the five. I think that's mm. the most like most likely lineup. Um, I, I think everyone wants to see RJ guard up on guard up Jason Tatum. And the interesting thing is, that I think RJ even got taller. I don't think there's there are any official reports on it, but from pickup games and you know just how he looked standing next to other players, dude could might have grown an inch or two. And I, I, I was looking it, for a report. I didn't find it anywhere, but he could be six seven, um, and obviously stronger. So that's that's something to look out for. I think I think Tatum will most likely end up being RJ's assignment. Um, mm-hmm. And Tatum, but, after going you know twenty six seven and four last season, I'm I'm thinking oof. he's gonna only you know pick it up from there. And that dude was responsible for Boston winning a bunch of games just by himself. And after going, you know, .5 last season for, for the record, you know, we'll, we'll get into the seeds later on. I think they're definitely going to do much better this season. But, you know, fuck Boston. Let's let's get into the Knicks a little bit. Um, Real quick before, like, yeah. we, we dig into the Knicks side of things, I did want to say, like, you know, I'm just kind of reading through some recaps of, like, the Celtics preseason, it seems like Udoka got them shooting a lot more threes than they than they did last season, percentage-wise. Obviously, it's only four seasons of preseason compared to all of last year. So, for those nerds out there that was, like, for some reason, hyper-skeptical of the Knicks' number four-ranked defense for 72 games, I think, you know, that'll be something to watch, see how our three-point defense looks, you know, and if, like, you know, Boston is going to come out, like, as flamethrowers because... You know, I mean, it seems like the the league is trending that way. It's been trending that way. I mean, obviously the Knicks are that kind of team now. So I'm gonna be watch. That's that's another thing I want to watch at least from the Celtics side, just to, um, just to see like, because we know Tatum is gonna be doing Tatum things. He's gonna be out there cooking because he's a bona fide like number one wing scorer. You know what I mean? Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see it. You know, in a in a scenario where Jalen isn't playing, who's gonna you know who's gonna step up? Would it be a collective kind of shooting effort from the team, or will it be like you know Dennis Schroeder? going out and try to, like, show up Kemba because that's the dude he's replacing, uh, so to speak. But, yeah, I'll throw it back to you. What you got on the Knicks, bro? What you got on the on the home team, the only team that matters in this matchup? Um, I'm excited to see Randall come up, running up and gunning. I want to see all these guys putting up threes because the Boston Celtics are a solid defensive team no matter what, and they've been like mm-hmm. that for years. So I think they were top 10, maybe top 12 last season probably going to be just as good if not better they got they they did replace Fournier with Josh Richardson who's a solid defensive player um they got Peyton Pritchard who's pretty solid and obviously they got Marcus Smart who uh is one of the best defensive players in the NBA at least as far as position goes so I'm looking for Randall to light it up tomorrow I don't know who's going to be able to guard him up especially if Horford's not playing um Horford you know as overpriced as he may be is knows what he's doing. He's a solid vet who can guard up guys and keep the ball moving. So I think Randall's going to have a good night. Um, RJ, I'm hoping, can be that second banana, at least starting from game one and putting up, you know, six or seven threes. That's what I'm hoping for. Randall, at least that Mm -hmm. amount, if not more. Um, 
And obviously, I want to see how Kemba's going to do from game one with Marcus Smart guarding him from the very start. And most likely, Kemba is going to be a starter. I think we're all expecting that. I haven't heard otherwise. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious and excited to see how he's going to play with, with Smart hounding him from, from tip-off and uh, seeing yeah. how RJ plays, if, especially if Jalen Brown is in, is in his opposition because that's a solid player for him to look at as far as growing, you know, growing as a player. Brown is, is, yeah, is I mean, to me, the next step. Yeah, and not even just to interject like that, but, like, damn, like, if Brown does play, like, RJ got, like, night one. He got his night one cut out for him. He, he's probably going to be defending Tatum. And, he, and then on the other end, he got Brown defending him, who's at this point has already shown him to, him, to himself to be, like, an elite-level kind of perimeter defender. If not already elite, he's knocking on the door. So if RJ can kind of, like, if, we, if RJ can show out under those circumstances tomorrow and we pull out the W... It's going to be tough to keep those all-star, like, uh, you know, murmurs, you know, keep it keep it cooled down. And I know it's only game one, but shit, bro, that's, you talk about a test, like. But then I'm still thinking Brown won't play. But, yeah, just wanted to throw that two cents in there because, yo, big night for RJ. Obviously, big right. night for the team, but, yeah. Now, obviously, everyone's going to look at Randall, RJ, and Kemba, but what's another player, and try to think a little bit outside of the norm, are you looking at to see how they're going to perform against the Celtics? I'm trying to see how Taj Nowitzki brings that 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 wet ass jumper into the regular season, bro. Because we right. saw no- Noel is doubtful, um, yeah. or that's what Tibbs said. Uh, and yo, to be honest, that whatever's happening with Noel, I hope he's really good though. Because you know the Knicks since Leon have taken over, they've been pretty mysterious about like not mysterious, but like they've they've kept it close to the vest when it comes to like injury updates. But Noel, I feel like he's been out for a minute and just kind of came out the blue. You know what I mean? So. Hope it's not like a long-term thing. They just keep keep mm-hmm. kind of saying knee soreness. And two, two, three weeks ago, it seemed like he was a lot to play tonight. But for him to be doubtful for opening night, <clears throat> I don't want to say I'm worried yet. Obviously, season hasn't even started, but, you know, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, on some, you know, on, on, a, on some real shit, like, let's see, like, well, I think Taj might even just start just because, you know, Mitch just came back and it was literally his first game action in, like, six-plus months, seven months. And you had idiots on Twitter just talking about, like, yo, he looks out of shape. I'm worried. I was like, what? Yo, y- y'all motherfuckers literally get winded going off a flight of stairs. Like, come on. Let's have, let's, <laughs> let's be real here. But that's why I'm thinking, like, at least until his conditioning is, uh, is up to par and he's looking, like, more kind of, you know, uh, more like himself it. out there. Yeah, he did exactly. admit to feeling a little tired after. after and that's only natural, game. bro. Like, as expected. Yeah, because, like, basketball and, like, with soccer are, like, the two sports where, like, if you don't play it for, like, two, three weeks, your conditioning, even if you are elite peak level, that shit's going to go down because you got to keep doing it. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, Mitch is probably – he might even be on a minutes restriction tomorrow. And, um, you know, Gibson will uh probably be starting. And it seems like, you know, Tibbs just out the blue kind of seems like he just, you know, turned a new leaf on the small ball philosophy because, you know, I think he said after – was it the Wizards game where we, we closed out and went on a run with Randall mm-hmm. and Obi at the 4-5? Mm-hmm. Tip said that's something we want to try more often in the season. So I think tomorrow is a great enough opportunity to whip that out because not only is, you know, Mitch Pause. and Noel. It, this man. This man. <laughs> We're a family show, bro. Come on now. <laughs> um, you said yeah. it. <laughs> I said it, but you you implied some things from it. But... <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Noel's out. You know, Mitch is going to be still getting back, back up to speed. And and obviously, Boston's a small team. Like, yeah, they got Cantor, but the fuck Cantor? Like, just to bring back that Cantor old school. Cantor was the guy that you thought. <laughs> I mean, they got Rob Williams, but he's like 6'9", 6'8", so he, but he can, like, he's got hops. But, yeah, they're not really a quote-unquote big team. So I think mm-hmm. that's the kind of lineup. Maybe that's why Tibbs, he's always thinking like three steps ahead as far as him being like a, you know, a tape nerd and film studies, him, his being like his, his bread and butter. He's probably planned ahead and been like, you know what, let's get Obi and Randall some reps against the Wizards and probably use it a bit more against Boston tomorrow. And I want to be shocked if we close with that lineup, especially if we're kind of in a, in a position where knock on wood, we're like going into the fourth quarter and we're down, you know what I mean? Um, I think that's going to be like our, you know, break glass in case of emergency kind of lineup because it looked really good against the Wizards. And like I said previously, Wizards are a JV team, but, you know, that's that's another thing I'm going to watch out for. What do you think? Would you, think you think, like, Tibbs is embracing full small ball now? Is he, is he Tibbs D'Antoni now, bro? I don't know if, he, I don't know if we're going to see it 
from tomorrow on because it did take him four preseason games to finally do it. The truth. Um, especially since, you know, I'm sure Taj felt a little winded after playing uh, those heavy minutes from the first three games. And uh, Mitch, you know, obviously he's coming back. So he kind of didn't really have a choice. But I'm sure seeing the success, he's not closing the door on it. But I don't I don't think we're going to see it right away. He, didn't he also play Kemba and D. Rose together too at some point? Man was experimenting a lot that last game. But I could have sworn I saw both those guys on the court at the same time. I don't know what he was trying to do. But I think he was, uh, again, on his, you know, science mode. Um, <laughs> he's in his NBA 2K bag, bro. Right. He's, he's like, yeah, you know what? Let me see if this works. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I've been there, bro. Me and Tip, yeah. same page on that regard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I guess now the question comes down to predictions for these two teams. You know, if you had to throw a score out there for what you think it's going to end up being, what, do you, what would you guess? The score? I mean, I ain't no statistician. Stati- what's, what's the proper way to pronounce that word? I don't know. Statistician? I don't know. If you, if you work in that field, hit us up and let us know how to pronounce your, your career. But, yeah, I mean, I don't have an exact score, but Knicks by a million. How about that? <laughs> no, I mean, I think we win. I think um, just how we kind of laid it out, I wouldn't even be surprised. And the way how, you know, Tibbs is Tibbs has folks prepared and going balls out in the regular season, that's, that's the Tibbs motto. I think we could be winning by double digits tomorrow. I think it could be a situation where we're up by, like, at least a dozen going into fourth. Knock on wood, I don't want to jinx nothing, but I got. I'm just feeling that 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 type of vibe, bro. This feels like a good season. But I'm gonna throw it back to you. What do you? What's your prediction? Do you have a score, Mister Mathematician, Mister uh, Arithmetic? Let me think for a sec, because I. <laughs> now for these two teams, I think they match up pretty well. I, I don't think the Knicks have that much of an advantage over over the Celtics. I think at the end of it, the seeds are their seeds are gonna be pretty close to each other. Like you know, we'll, we'll get to the guesses in in a sec. So. I think score-wise, it's going to be less than 10. I, I would guess that the Knicks will probably beat them by maybe 5 or 6 points. I don't know if I had to guess, maybe like 116, 111, 112 type shit. Okay, so you think it needs to be a close one? I think basically? it's a close game. Mm-hmm. Who, as your prediction right now, I know we're adding, I'm adding another layer to this, but who do you think is going to be like the player of the game for the Knicks? Like If you're predicting the dub... I don't give a fuck about the Celtics. I'm not going to ask that. Who do you think is going to be the Celtics player of the game? Fuck out of here. Who do you think is going to be the Knicks player of the game? Randall. Randall? Okay. Easily. Yeah, Who's who, who on that team is going to be able to guard Randall? That's a good question. I think fucking Brad Stevens is, is asking you may do you duck at that same question right this second. <laughs> um, Marcus ain't Smart? Nobody, ain't nobody guarding. Well, actually, it's it was always so interesting to see Smart guard Porzingis back in the day. I was just um, about to say, I want you know what would be mad satisfying in a karmic kind of way. They try they try that bullshit on uh, on Julius. They try to put Smart on Julius, and he just stuffs him in the rim. <laughs> like show shows Porzingis how a power forward is supposed to match up against throw small. some balls, get in there, and just dunk on the guy. Yes, so, exactly. His man Porzingis is just he's like trying to do his fadeaway. <laughs> <laughs> like fading away like man you got a foot on this man all right you know i'm bringing up ptsd good vibes good vibes, good vibes but yeah um not nah, for you i think easy answer is julius but yo dark horse dark horse answer for player of the game kemba i think mm. this is literally his first professional real game as a nick in madison square garden against his former team that you know like i said unceremoniously dumped him to oklahoma city play oklahoma city thunder of all places um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just came on and he was just lights out, bro. Just just pulling up from behind the three point line, step back, easy peasy, just mixing fools out there. I can't wait, bro. This man, Kemba's a nick, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna fan out for a second real quick. He's a fucking nick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if he makes his first bucket and the crowd goes wild, he's dropping at least twenty that night. I'm gonna throw that out there. First bucket, twenty points. That at least for that night. Um all right, moving to the next segment of this episode, we're gonna throw out our uh, predictions for the top six of both of both the East and the West of the NBA. Okay. So, which one? Uh, obviously, I think we're gonna start with the West because the East is where the Knicks play, and we want to keep the fans waiting. So, we'll start off ah. with the West. How are we? Uh, how are we gonna do this? You, we uh, I mean, alternate. You're gonna throw out yours, and then I'll agree. I think we could do one. like. So this is what I was thinking. Since the playing tournament kind of just changes up just like, you know, the, the prediction game when it comes to standings because I was just thinking, like, does it make sense to do top eight 
post-conferences, not really when the 7 and 8 seeds could just as easily not even be in the playoffs next season because they lose their play-in matchups, right? So I'm thinking, obviously you said top six on each side. We start off top four each, and then we talk about, like, the two, five, and six seeds in each conference, you know what I mean? And maybe just, you know, maybe touch on these wild card, like, playing tournament candidates. But um, if you want to start with the West, I think top dog out there. Let me just see my notes real quick. Just, uh, you know, just a peruse, you know what I mean? Uh, shoot, I wouldn't be surprised, bro, on some, like, you know, fuck this city, fuck the state. But I think Utah could be the number one seed. You know what I mean? They're say what you will about their playoff, you know, shortcomings and the questions about Rudy Gobert playing against you know modern lineups, but they literally built for the regular season. You know. Now, um, are you you're starting off with one, or are you starting off with four? I'm starting off with one. Like, okay. Not now, here. Am I? Am I? Am I? Do I throw out my agreements, or am I waiting for you to be done? Oh, uh, I'm. I'm. I was just gonna go through my top four. So just All right, fine. go for it. Right, man, impatient ass motherfucker here, bro. I get it. It's NBA season. We we all you know exuberant and excited, but yo, chillax, bro. Um, I thought we were gonna go a little back and forth. You know what I mean? We probably should have established this before we started. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you see, yo, the, the listeners right now, they're, they're seeing how the sausage is made, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It should have been happening behind the scenes, bro. You didn't answer my text, so no, I'm play, I'm play. <laughs> he answers my text, folks. Um, Number two seed, I think I'm going to go Denver. Um, and I know Jamal Murray's is coming back from that ACL injury. And um, it's going to take him a little bit to at least start looking like himself. But say what you will about Maga Porter Jr. and his vaccine stances and his love affair with COVID. That motherfucker's trying to go the, the trifecta with COVID. He's two, two down, you know what I mean? But I think he's going to blossom into like a mo- most improved player kind of candidate. And I think he'll slot in nicely as a de facto number three slash two B option because Jamal is just still coming back. Will Barton is back too. He's kind of underrated for them. He's always been for a number of years, and I just feel like Jokic is the MVP. He's he's probably been been like the most slept on MVP ever because like think of all the storylines, think of all the hype that's happening this season. Jokic is not even like one of the first sentences that come out these pundits' mouths. You know what I mean? So I think in Nuggets at the two seed. Three, it gets tricky from here. I got a feeling, bro, I think it's going to be the Lakers. I think it's going to be kind of like a, I don't want to say redemption because they just want a ring, even though it's like an L.A. fitness ring in the, you know, in the Disney World situation. Um, but, you know, it's it's like it's a bunch of old dudes, and I feel like, yeah, they're probably going to be rested, yada, 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 but it's Russ playing back home. It's, you know, LeBron and A.D. kind of coming into a situation where it's just like, all right, you know, People doubted our real ring. Let's try to show out. You know what I mean? And LeBron's playing with Melo, like his best friend. It's like, we're talking about good vibes with the Knicks. It seems like some good vibes in Laker world. So I wouldn't be surprised if they show out in the regular season. And LeBron, him being the kind of calculating dude that he is, he wants to get one of those top four seeds for home court. You know what I mean? So I think three seed is is, is who I got, uh, is, is, who, is what I think the Lakers will, will get to. And four, for me, this might be a little bold. I don't know if you're ready for this. Sacramento Kings. Nah, nah, fuck. <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Hell no. Um, nah, I was just going to say four. Golden State Warriors. I'm buying it. Um, I was skeptical, but I've, I've been doing some doing some homework. You know, just reading up on like these, you know, Golden State Warrior beat writers. I think I think Golden State is uh, is going to be the, the fourth seed. So I'll just I'll leave it at there. What's... What are your thoughts? And then I'm going to just ask you to throw me your top four in the West. All right. Uh, man, I, I guess I guess that's why we have a podcast together, because we're on that same wavelength. Uh, I basically agree. My, my rankings are exactly the same as yours, except for the number two. So you had, just a recap, you had Jazz, Denver, Lakers, and Warriors, right, in that order? Yeah, Jazz, Denver, Lakers, Warriors. Yeah, that's my top four. Yeah. Number one, I got the Jazz as well. I think uh, they're a really good regular season team, and they had a 2-0 lead against the Clippers, and they kind of just fell apart from there. They got most of that squad back together again this season. They got you know some good backup. They got who they got? They got I think uh, Eric Pascal, who had a solid season with uh, I think the Warriors before. They had Rudy Gay, who's a solid scorer, and um, mm-hmm. you know they got Hassan Whiteside if he. You know, plays better this season. He's a solid backup to Rudy Gobert, and Gobert and Mitchell are only getting better. These guys are fairly young, and 
you know, I expect them to be at the top of the West. Uh, if we're talking about playoffs down the road, I don't think it's the same story because, again, we've seen that. We've seen it so many times before. They just can't seem to keep up um, when it comes to playoff time. Second, you said was Denver. Um, yeah. Again, the, the Jamal Murray injury is pretty pretty important. When Do we know when he's coming back yet? Was there a timeline? I don't I think I've think seen anything. I could be hallucinating this, but I think I saw January, which I could be Clay's timeline, or we, or you remember seeing that for both. I don't know. It, it was uh, one of those light skin shooters. <laughs> 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 we could Google it, but it takes the fun out of this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um, I can I can knock the pick. You got the reigning MVP. Uh, and weren't the Denver weren't the Nuggets first seed last season or not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's just right? like first, not even bold. They just went down a slot. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that. Um, my second pick was actually the Suns, the team that made oh. it to the finals last season. And I only see these guys getting better. I know people might mention DeAndre Ayton not getting the max might affect his play, but honestly, it could do the opposite because the man is you know he hasn't signed a contract yet, so. Usually contract seasons, people step up. And this guy, you know, whether or not he has bad blood with the Suns for not offering him that contract, you, you'd hope that he stays professional and plays at his highest level because I'm sure he enjoyed, you know, the success that they did last season and making it to the NBA Finals and um, being only a couple of games short from winning the title. So I think the Suns really are going to get that get that second seed over the, uh, the Nuggets. Um and third, I got the Lakers. I think they're going to be that regular. They're not going to be that regular season team that others might expect. Again, they got the old heads there, but come playoff time, they're, you know, they're probably going to be most people's favorites to winning the whole thing because they they got the they got the squad that knows how to do it. Um, so Lakers third seed, I'm with you on that. And the Warriors are that sneaky team that could go you know anywhere uh, mm-hmm. between one one and six and. Uh, you know there are a lot of factors involved, but I think staying in the middle at four is is where, you know where I'm agreement with. We don't know when Clay's really going to be in full form. Uh, they got solid players in Jordan Poole. We don't really know what's going on with Wiseman. Uh, they got Iggy back, but oh shit, yeah, That's so, many, so many storylines <laughs> there. But um, I think they're going to be a very good team. I think 16 of their first 25 games are at home, so. You the know, Warriors? Gonna, oh, yeah. Adam Warriors. Silver. Adam Silver was, like, sick to his stomach when <laughs> Steph Curry wasn't in the playoffs. He's like, no, uh, none of that no more. <laughs> so so by the time the first tw- you know, first quarter of the season, more than a quarter of the season, um, that'll be some time for for uh, um, Clay Thompson to come back and, you know, get back up. And Otto Porter isn't really a, you know, a sexy name, but dude has a 40% three-point career. Yeah, three kind point of an underrated pickup. And, and they got him for, like, the vet men, too. That's kind of like an underrated pickup. Exactly. And he's still I'm, in his 20s, I'm sure. Oldest 20-year-old ever, because that man was like a four-year senior coming out of Georgetown, I think. I could be wrong. He could be like 35. I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> um, playing in, playing for Washington ages you like six years instantly after a season. Um, wait, so recap of your list again, your, your top four? So I got the Jazz, Suns, Lakers, and Warriors. What about the Nuggets? thought he was giving them respect, no? Respect, I, the Nuggets wasn't in your top we're four? We're only talking top four. Oh, right? hot take we, alert. Okay. We haven't okay. done five and six yet. Yeah, I know. I know. I was just saying because uh, I had them two. All right, so I'll just I mean? keep it going then. And then no, no, we'll... no, I mean, no, no. I just, we, we, could, we could swap notes right now, bro, live on the air. The top four mm-hmm. versus top four. I, I, I get the logic behind Phoenix at two. Obviously, coming off the finals, they're going to build on the momentum is a fair assumption. But I'm not saying they're going to be out the playoffs because I'm about to get to – you know, the five and six after this, but I, I can see some bit of regression coming with Chris Paul. And I know he's like the ageless wonder, but I think this might be the year where there's like a not noticeable, but like in a, in a way where he goes from like, you know, knocking on the door of elite last year at like 36, 37 years old to like, okay, you're still good, but you know, you father time is undefeated basically. So I think that could have something to do with it. And they in the situation, Here's the thing, like I get the logic behind, like, oh yeah, he's it's like you know dangling a carrot in front of an animal. You know what I mean? He's like his contract was not given to him. He could be motivated to show out so he could hit the restricted free agent free agent market. But 
he's also in a situation where he's a number one overall pick, big man, and he was getting like kind of almost generational comps coming out of college. Like, yeah, it was a Luka draft, but he went number one for a reason. You know, DeAndre Ayton's like one of those skilled big man prospects that was getting like that kind of hype. And I feel like one of the kind of character concerns I may have seen at the time, actually, no, I'm pretty sure I saw it was just like people worried about his personality type. And I know there was a whole kind of, you know, like storyline last year about like Chris Paul going there and like, you know, fathering the sons as his sons, basically. You know what I mean? Like he was like a father figure, basically, and a mentor to DeAndre Ayton. But will he be able to kind of keep Ayton from, you know, his inconsistency? Like would it, because I feel like, Bro, you got he. Not only was he the number one pick, he played in Arizona for college, and in this franchise, not going to give you the extension. The all these guys got egos, and this is a young kid. I feel like he could, it could affect his play. I feel like, but he looked fantastic in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like if that's who he's going to always he's going to be at a minimum for the next you know decade, he'll get the bag. It's just this season, I'm not so sure about how he'll handle that bit of adversity. I don't know. That's just my takeaway. Yeah, I. I, I don't know if I'm fully in agreement with that. I think really the only time, not the only time, but majority of the time when players digress from performance-wise is when it's injury-related. And it's if true. it's if it's a mental thing where he's just salty about not getting the max, that, that can't affect him for the whole season. At that point, Chris Paul will talk him down. Other but, agents will talk him down. Counterpoint, when people, when players right, like, uh, you know, regress or plateau, not all the time is it because of injury. I give you Mr. Headline in the NBA News, Ben Simmons. Four years, this man has basically proven himself to be a mental midget that like can't get past the fact that he's scared to shoot a basketball and he hasn't really improved his game. You know what I mean? So I feel like there is that mental aspect. I just want to throw that out there. But I just want to take this opportunity to clown Ben Simmons most importantly. Cause <laughs> Fair. <laughs> man um, got thrown out of practice today, bro. That's hilarious. No, that, that's, why I said, that's why I said most circumstances. Like Markel yeah, Fultz, yeah, yeah. Ben Simmons is a you. different circumstance. But they... They are still very good players. Mm. Uh, ben Simmons just didn't improve, but his 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 you know whatever you want to call his floor or what, whatever level he's at right now is better than most of the NBA players today. Um, so yeah. I don't think he's going to digress so so far that they're gonna, just going to drop in the rankings. So if he didn't put the Suns in the top four, you're thinking they're going to be probably five or six. So I don't right. I don't know if I would agree with him digressing that much. He's he's only getting older. Dude's like what 21 now. He's a kid. Yeah, I mean, we get right into five and six, but yeah, you're right. I got the, the Suns at five. Um, I think between them and the Golden State and L.A., they're all in the same division. So I think that three to five range is just going to be interchangeable with those three throughout the rest of the season. Um, I could have mentioned the Clippers, but Kawhi's not going to be playing for a minute, it seems like. They're going to, especially given that it's Kawhi, you know, they're probably he's probably not gonna show his face until next season, you know, kind of like Clay. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, Kawhi doesn't face another catastrophic injury on top of the one he just had, like Clay. But yeah, I mean, my logic is just being that you know I was going back and forth on it, but I just feel like Golden State is gonna be resurgent. I feel like L.A. It's LeBron and A.D. Bro, plus like Westbrook is gonna be trying to show off with a home team, and I do have some doubts about L.A., but. What they've shown since Frank Vogel has taken over is if their offense is ugly, it won't be ugly in crunch time because of LeBron and AD, and also their defense is going to be suffocating no matter what, you know? Um, so I think that's what's going to get them to that three seed. But that's that, I guess that's my logic. The Suns just, you know, between, you know, the three of those teams, the Suns kind of lost out, and I had them at five. Six? I'm going to go with the Mavs, bro, just because... Luca, LeBron, Michael Jordan, Doncic, the the chosen one, the this man is is the, what do we need to say about Luca, bro? Like it's at this point he's he barely is old enough to drink, and which he's still he's on one on one name status already. It's just Luca, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm hyper skeptical of Jason Kidd's coaching acumen, but you know maybe. Just objectively looking at it, this might be a reason why all these ex-players seem to just talk talk him up so much. So maybe he has some kind of magic formula. Seems like, you know, I'm listening to these uh, Dallas Mavericks beat writers and, you know, ESPN's Tim McMahon. He's, that dude be covering the uh, the NBA, like, Texas teams. He's saying, he's saying, like, KP's healthy and happy now, which he wasn't last year. 
And we know he's he's a, a moody, bipolar, soft-bellied, weak-willed loser. But <laughs> when he's feeling good, he's apparently, you know, playing good. So, you know, Mazel Tov. But, yeah, that's basically that whole Mavs at six is just all driven by the fact that I think Luke is going to level up. And I think that team's just going to go as he goes. If he's out for a significant period of time, they're lotto-bound. But, you know, also shout-out to Tim Hardaway. He got the bag again, like. You know, he's a nice little uh, number three option for him. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's my five and six. What's your take? I am so disappointed in you. You mentioned the whole Dallas Mavericks and their up oh, and oh. players. Oh, no, 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 How you forget their most important player on the team. You said Luca? You said Luca? And you said, you said, wait, shout out to Tim Hardaway Jr. But you forgot their most important signing of the summer. It's I'll, give you, another chance. I'll give you another no, chance. It's such a secret weapon that even I forgot. But we got to talk about the French Prince of Dallas. That shit still sound ugly as hell to say. But, yeah, they got our boy Frankie. And you were talking about at the top of the show, just like think back to the, the magical long-lost time of 2018. Fisdale coaching the team. We got Frank. We got KP. The future just seems so bright until we crash and burn. But... One of the delusions we had back then was like, yo, imagine the Knicks won the 2018 lotto. We got Luca, KP, we got Frank. <laughs> now we're going to see that fever dream, except it's going to be in Dallas. So we see Frank play with Tim, play with Luca, play with KP. It's going to be some weird, surreal shit as a Knicks fan. You know what I mean? And now on, like on a serious note, I do think if, if Frank was going to go to a team where he had a chance to flourish and kind of like compliment a player... Luca's a guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think he just fits so perfectly with with Luca and the the kind of lineup that they'd have out there. So yeah, you're right. I did. That's a technical foul on me. You know what I mean? All good. Um, All good. Ball don't lie. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, my bad, Frank. Um. So as far as these standings go, you and I pretty much have identical lists. We only just flipped the Suns and the Nuggets. You had the Nuggets at two. I had the Suns at two. You had the Suns at five. I have the Nuggets at five. Pretty much for the same reason. I just think that with Jamal Murray not playing, and I don't really know. I, I didn't do much research, but I don't think the Nuggets had that many offseason moves apart from really, you know, giving, throw, you know, throwing the bag at MPJ. And my man, how are you gonna forget, Mister Mister NBA, basically Jeff Green, man, damn near played for every franchise, literally every franchise. His jersey collection is top tier. I bet, bro, he got. He got the retros of the retros, bro. Like, right. <laughs> three yeah. years ago, it was like Facts. eight teams ago for him. You know what I mean? But yeah, they got Jeff Green, and it, I'm joking, but like, nah, he's honestly he went from like a punchline for his first half of the career to like, okay, like in the modern NBA, that's a super useful player, especially in a situation where Denver they got a point center basically. So all you need from your big possessions is shooting and cutting. Jeff Green can do that. You know what I mean? I think that's a good fit. They got Jamichael Green. They got the Green brothers. I don't think the actual brothers, but you know. I don't think so. Nah, but nah. no, I actually have a, a ton of respect for Jeff Green because he had that oh, yeah, yeah. he had that heart thing, and now yeah, the yeah. dude is still in the NBA like ten years after. So no, shout out to shout out to Jeff Green, dude is always on a, a title contending team and you know putting in work. He's probably like 35, 36 now, but um, I don't think we have much more to say about the Nuggets and the Mavs. I got got at six. They were fifth seed last season. Being a six seed team is really because all the other teams have improved. Um, but nah, Luca is gonna do Luca things, and for Frank, I mean, you know, Frank was a was a Luca stopper. That's why they signed him. So no one else can stop Luca. You know what I'm you're saying? Right, you're so, right. So that they got him on board, and um, they got Reggie Bullock, and that was a good signing. I, I forgot how much they paid him, but Bullock was solid for the Knicks, and they got a they got a fairly, I'm not gonna say elite, but maybe two tiers below elite shooter. On the Knicks, you know, they'll get 40% from him. And Tim Hardaway is a great scorer. So, um, shout out to him, man. He's He's been great for Dallas. I know the city loves him. Um, so, I think, you know, I think they got they got better vibes than they did last season. Um, I know we always shit on KP, but, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want him to go through any more injury. I, I hope he doesn't become, like, a fucking top three player. But it's going to be a fun team to watch. So, I think uh, – I think that about caps up the West. Then we got to move mm-hmm. forward with the East. So we're just doing top four first. Remember that. So don't don't go too far. Do you want me to go first? You want to go first? I think I went first last time, right? Yeah. What's your top? Oh. 
Yeah, I'll go, it's I'll the top go first. Four. So, right. so starting off with number one in the East, uh, we're gonna start off with uh, basically a team that's like you know fuck Brooklyn. It's it's Milwaukee. Milwaukee mm-hmm. should be the clear number one seed for the East and maybe even the NBA. These guys just won the title. Giannis is doing pull up threes. Pull-up jumpers, left and right. There is no Oof. stopping this man. And it's pretty interesting. I was watching the—you you watch those 4K uh, quality video of Will Chamberlain recently that came out? That's Yo, actually, it was so random. I did not expect a Will Chamberlain highlight tape to hit the timeline in the year did, 2021. But, yeah, that was fire. Did, did it not also remind you of Giannis when you were watching it? A little, a little bit, bit or is I, it, it might have just been for. me. No, nah, I see what you're going for, but yo, Will Chamberlain was out there hooping, bro. I see why they call him the Big Dipper because that that fadeaway mm-hmm. was money. Yeah, but yeah. So nah. <laughs> Giannis be giving me Wilt vibes recently, especially with his efficiency. And now, if his if his shot is efficient as he is inside, then this man it will be the MVP of the NBA again. And um, they got Drew back, they got Milton back, and it's Bobby really Portis. because. Sorry, they got Bobby Portis back. Come on now. You're talking about famous ex-Knicks. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, one of our five power forwards from two seasons ago that we hyped Ugh. up on this show many times. Not me, sir. <laughs> that Not we me. Had to, you're right. Out <laughs> of necessity, just to keep ourselves going, we had to hype Bobby Portis, <laughs> Coping <man>. mechanisms. Um, <laughs> so I got, I got the Bucks at one. Uh, Brooklyn at number two. I think health pertaining, they're going to be number two. They have a really good bench. Patty Mills is a fucking killer signing. That for the Nets, I, I don't know how the hell they pulled it off, but they got him. Um, KD and James Harden, two MVPs on that team, with or without Kyrie. I think you know the Nets are going to be number two in the NBA, uh, or on, at least from the East. Um, and I think from here it gets it's going to be a little bit more, you know, comp- it gets a little bit more complicated. And I feel like you and I are not going to be get have the same list, but we'll see. So number three, I got I got the Atlanta Hawks at number three. So they re-signed Nate McMillan, a, a, who did an excellent job when he took over last season. John Collins re-signed, and clearly the team loves him. And he, as much as I like to hate on him, he did a good-ass job in the playoffs last season. And he re-signed a max contract. Um, they got better role players. They they re-signed the the key players that they needed. They you know Trey Young got the bag, max contract. They just signed Kevin Herter, who was pretty good. Had a pretty good couple of games in the playoffs. They got Delon Wright as a, as a backup. You know he's he's a better role player. They they locked up Clint Capella, so same squad that's feeling themselves right now after a successful playoff last season when they were underrated. It in my opinion will be the number three seed. Uh, and moving on to number four, I'm gonna give I'm gonna I'm gonna give the edge to the Miami Heat. Mm. Uh, I see I see Bam Adebayo, uh, Bam Adebayo is gonna improve, take it to the next level again. Another All Star. Uh, Kyle Lowry is on the team. P.J. Tucker, who just won the title with the Bucks, is going to be on the team. And no matter what team P.J. is on, that team will be successful, at least you know, as far as what we've seen the past couple of seasons. Jimmy is going to be Jimmy. And um, honestly, there's a lot of talk about Tyler Hero. I'm not a believer, but I think he'll be a good player, better player than he was last season. So him, Duncan Robinson, you know, they're running it back. And uh, Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the NBA. So they're going to put it mm. together. And they'll be a dangerous team in the playoffs. I think they, like the Warriors, aren't going to be the best season, a uh, best team in the regular season. But come playoff time, they also, like the Warriors and the Lakers, are going to be a team to watch in the playoffs. So it's my top four. All right, I'm gonna shock you right now. I'm actually on the same page with you, with your top three. Okay. As I was going back and forth on Atlanta, and then my next team, I'm about to match for four. I was, was these two squads. But yeah, number four, I got us, bro. Get the fuck out of here. Like mm-hmm. that four seed is. I'm not gonna get too overconfident because you know they say hubris is the, the 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 sign of the downfall. But that's actually kind of deep. Write that down. God um, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that shit on my wall. <laughs> yo, dead ass. <laughs> Print me a copy. Um, nah. Well, my thinking with that is first of all, I'm in agreement with like pretty much everything you said about the top three. Especially Atlanta, like Nate McMillan, I think this is going to be a season where, you know, there's still some people out there that was like, you know, even kind of justifying Indy letting him go. I always thought he was underrated as a coach, and mm-hmm. he showed it last year in like half a season turning 
uh, Atlanta around, kind of doing what Tibbs did, but it, in a half-season context, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now he's got a full off-season, full regular off-season. John Collins got paid. He's happy. Trey Young, say what you will about his little mop top, but he's an all-star caliber player that's knocking on the door of superstar status, and he's he's an elite passer, bro. I just love watching that kid just be a playmaker, you know? Like the Steph Curry comparisons, I get it, but it's also like he's just kind of a more aggressive Steve Nash in the way he kind of plays, which is, you know, who he said was his favorite player, but... Yeah, I mean, they beat us in five, you know, best team won. So, respect to Atlanta. It's still fuck Trey Young just out of, out of principle. All but, day. yeah, yeah. And it, Brooklyn, I got an interesting kind of hot take that I don't even think we'll have time for it tonight in terms of our award predictions. We might need to say that for later. I don't know about you. But I got a – I think James Harden might be a dark horse MVP candidate. Just when you consider the fact that – this man Kyrie might not ever fucking pick up an NBA basketball ever again, and I think if Brooklyn's smart, they'll have a scheduled load management kind of a, a situation with Kevin Durant throughout the season, which means who's going to be out there? Just just James Harden out there, like, you know, carrying the team, basically. And, yeah, they got some really interesting depth now. I mean, you mentioned Patty Mills. But they brought LaMarcus Aldridge back from the dead. Paul Millsap, they signed him. Mm. I love that pickup because he's old as hell, but he could he's, he could still hoop. Like he still mm-hmm. he does everything like what you would want your backup modern big man to do. You know what I mean? Defend, rebound, make the right rotations, shoot shoot the J, uh, space the court obviously with that. But and then they got Blake Griffin back. So I think to my point to to my kind of like hot take, I think Harden might be in that MVP convo just off of like the storyline. Like oh he has to deal with Kyrie not being there, KD's like you know resting you know and yeah but yeah I'm, I'm agreeing with that but with us get back to the main course right here i just feel like we're a tibbs team in year two it's just like we improved talent wise you know you, you got like our listeners can go back to our old our last episode and just how we just talk for days about how different the offense looked but i just feel like the talent upgrade is there i think the young guys the key young guys we need to improve you know will improve i think rj um mitch is just I love I love his Twitter activity now, bro. This kid really has so much belief in himself, and like he is the epitome of like Clyde's precocious neophyte, um, you know, term, you know, because that's what he is. And I just feel like he's gonna he's gonna be showing like all NBA all NBA defense level kind of defense this season. IQ and Obi, like to your to what you brought up about Kemba's appearance on Zach Lowe, it was music to my ears hearing Kemba like talk about how much he loved the, the, those two kids and their work ethic. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I just feel like Obi. We we talked about his improvement, what with what we've seen so far, and I just feel like if this is legit, if Tibbs is really gonna be embracing the the Obi and Julius at the four or five, yo, Obi might be getting a lot more playing time than we thought. Cause like a couple episodes ago, we, we couple episodes ago, we was thinking he's trade bait, or I thought he would be just be trade bait. Cause I didn't see how you know a young kid like that playing the same position as our All NBA All Star would be able to get that many minutes. But if Tibbs is really really about you know showing and proving that he's he can adapt i think it could it could be looking really good bro because you know like i said it was just preseason against the wizards but that lineup was offensively on fire and we know a tibbs team at least you know in the regular season they'll be disciplined enough to defend and stick to a system and you know that that helps with having continuity so that's just me being it might be a little homerish but you know i gotta stick to it because like last episode i was like yo i'm thinking 50 plus wins right so I gotta have us at the top four, but yeah, that's my, that's my top four, bro. Thoughts, concerns? No, I mean we're on, you know, we're on the same page for everything. You, you didn't really talk about Miami, so I'm assume my assumption. You have to confirm it now, but mm-hmm. unless you want to, I'm assuming they're probably in your fifth or sixth seeds at this point. Um, but no, I mean, at, uh, how about it? How about you talk about the Heat? Cause, <laughs> how about cause, it? Because I'm sure Miami you can heaters. guess that the Knicks are going to be brought up by myself soon. So let's let's talk about the Heat a little bit. You don't you think that the Knicks will definitely be better than Miami this season, as far as the regular um, season goes? I I think so. And that's no knock on Spo, no knock on Jimmy. I love both those as a, as a player, as, as a coach and a player respectively. I love the, both those dudes. Um, I've been saying for years, Spoh's been wild underrated, especially by like the LeBron casuals or the LeBron-oriented casuals that like wanted him fired after like his first week in Miami. Get the fuck out of here! I'll never forget Pat Riley telling LeBron to get the fuck out of his office when he when he tried to get Spo fired. Um, I don't know if that's exactly how it happened, but that's how I pictured it happening. 
fire image. But um, with Miami, I just feel like they're old, bro. Like Jimmy's like like at the tail end of his prime, but PJ's old. Kyle Lowry, he's still playing at a high level, but he's old, and it's just like I feel like I could see them being strategic about like taking it easy in the regular season and then going balls to the wall in the playoffs because that's what a veteran team does. They got Marquise Morris there now who kind of was an underrated pickup and went under the radar, at least on my end. I was like shocked when I saw in the preseason game like last week. I was like, oh shit, Mook is here? Oh no, it's not Mook. It's his brother. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, it's to be honest with you, like that that four to six and even seven range is in the East is going to be a dogfight. And I know we're about to get into five and six, but it's not me saying that like Miami's not going to be in that top four isn't disrespect to them because, you know what, shocker right now, I got them at five. So <laughs> I'm not that far off from where you was at. It's just like I feel like that four or five race is going to be close, you know. Um, it's going to be exactly kind of the situation with the West, but with the East, you know, I think it's just going to be between us and Miami for that fourth seed because I do feel like Milwaukee's a cut above. Brooklyn, despite all the drama, is a cut above. Atlanta, I just feel like their natural trajectory. I feel like they're a step ahead of us in the rebuild kind of stage, and they're going to be better than us next season. That's no knock on us, but I think that's just how I feel. But, right. yeah, and I just feel like four and five, that's like the separate tier that us and Miami are in, and my six, Boston. So I got us three, those three squads is basically duking it out for those, you know, four, five, six seeds. We're, we're, we're definitely partners in this podcast because we have the same exact <laughs> lineup. We just flip four and five. So, oh, shit. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't need to spend too much time talking about the Knicks because that's, that's what this podcast is about. And you pretty much broke so, out everything. You know, talk about the Knicks here? Really? <laughs> you broke out all the reasons on why they would end up being in the top six. But the only reason why I'm giving the edge to Miami – uh, and I try to be. I'm trying to be as objective as possible. Is I think, I think their schedule is a little easier than the Knicks. I think mm. from the quick glance that I did, I think their schedule is fairly similar in the beginning, and then the Knicks schedule gets harder. Oh no, sorry, it gets a little easier, and then it gets harder after Christmas. And for Miami, it's it's kind of in the middle on you know, not too easy, not too hard, and then it just gets easier after Christmas. So yeah, that's I mean, really that's the only reason why I give somewhat of an edge to Miami, but. I mean, the, you know, the Knicks are our team. They were fourth seed last season. I it's it's frustrating hearing other people not really giving them the that edge on being a top six team. Um, and obviously, Boston for me is also my six my six seed team. So I think I think Miami, New York, and Boston are gonna be neck and neck. I think they both they all match up very well. Thanks. And Boston's schedule is actually really close from what I've seen to the Knicks schedule, where it's. Uh, a little tough at first, gets easier, and then a little tough after Christmas. But I, the team I want to talk about, and I'm sure anyone listening might be wondering as well, on what our thoughts are about the Sixers and oh, whether or not, okay. whether no, no, no. or not they, you know, if let's say Ben Simmons does play, um, and let's say he's three quarters of himself because of whatever, you know, he's he's suspended or not or whatever the case may be. With Embiid playing at the MVP level that he does, is there a particular reason why you don't have them over, say, Boston? It's a good question. It's what I kind of struggled with just because I'm an Embiid stan. I love the way that dude plays. I figured if he played the full season last year, he would be having the MVP trophy sitting on his shelf right now. Um, But with that being said, I just feel like despite Doc's best intentions lately coming out and saying that, like, oh, the team chemistry is amazing, aside from, you know, the, the elephant in the room. The, um, I just feel like Simmons, I don't see him, one, playing, and two, I don't think it's going to be a situation where they'll trade him for pieces or a piece that'll keep them in a comparable level as they were last year. Um, I also just feel like, I mean, I've covered this before on our pod. I just feel like Doc's an overrated coach, you know what I mean? Um, but then again, it's just like, they got talent. Like, say what you will about Tobias Harris. He's overpaid, but he's a hooper. He's damn near all-star caliber kind of player. Uh, Tybo, I feel like he can kind of, if he gets that jumper on point, you know, and doesn't take after Simmons, he'll be like that prototypical 3 and D wing that would fit really nice in that lineup for them. Um, Danny Green's still there, I think, right? Um, who's always kind of like an ageless wonder. He is the 3 and D wing, you know? Like, when that prototype was getting popping in NBA-like circles and in terms of, like, uh, 
you know, NBA fans talking about it. Danny Green was like kind of the the poster boy for that. But I feel like the wild card in all this is gonna be Tyrese Maxey, bro. Like we talk about how much you know hype we have for IQ. His his classmate in that in that draft class from Kentucky, you know, there's a reason Tyrese was like ranked higher on all boards. You know, he's younger, but it's also like he's got like raw talent, bro. He he had some real nice moments in the playoffs. I think as far as like a, a scoring kind of combo guard, if he kind of like you know takes a step up, I think he's a real good fit with what they can do with Embiid. Like imagine him, let's say Tyrese Maxey turns into a knockdown shooter. You got him, Seth Curry. You know what I mean? Um, Danny Green out there with Embiid and I guess Tobias at the four. Now I'm kind of talking myself into like Philly being in that that top six conversation. But I think as of now, I just feel like. It's, it's too much uncertainty around them. I'm going to just keep them in that seventh. They're solid seventh. But I I could... You know what? Fuck Boston. I'll switch out Boston for, for Philly. <laughs> That's official right now. Boston, you, y'all y'all in the play-in. Philly is now six. Because I was just like, I like Joel Embiid. I hate Boston. Come on. Duh. <laughs> but uh, well, what, what's your take on Philly? Or I guess... I, when I when I almost when I almost rudely interrupted you back there, I thought you was gonna say Chicago, the team that's getting all the hype. Oh, fuck bro. no, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? You 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 got them. Um, they they not your six? Are they or they not your seven or eight? Do you Chicago? have them? Chicago? Yeah. No, no. I, I I think they might be like a ninth seed. Oh, they, okay. they might be knocking on the door on the eighth seed. I, I'm not gonna be like. I got you. I'm not gonna be a hater to that point, but you know maybe an eighth seed. Realistically, I'd probably keep. Boston at six, Philly at seven, and Chicago at eight. Um, I don't know. Uh, seven, the Sixers, the way I kind of view them, and you know, a lot of people might disagree with me, I kind of see them as last year's Lakers in a way, or last year's Warriors where they have one star who is kind of half there, and not half there, but three quarters there, and we have another star who's not really available as much. You know, yeah. Clay wasn't available. Curry kind of had to carry the load. And last year, AD wasn't very much there. LeBron had to kind of try to carry the load. Embiid isn't the most healthy player in the NBA, and the dude. Had, oh, really? Really? Embiid? Joel Embiid? He had three, maybe four, you know, back-to-back seasons where he played a lot of minutes, carrying the team. God, you know, knock on wood. God forbid he has any injuries that he has to deal with throughout the season but i think at this point it's kind of expecting he might miss some games and if he's not there then that that team is isn't gonna perform very well danny green is solid but dude's getting old his shot isn't Brother, falling down you as much. you don't got belief in toby harris toby <laughs> harris to, to the rescue nah he he i right. but that's that's it um tyrese maxey is a good name a good, you know, good person to keep an eye out for <laughs> i thought you just about to be <laughs> bad backhanded with him it's a good name game though hell no <laughs> um, and honestly, if if MB doesn't play games, Andre Drummond is a fairly solid pickup that they had. That they got a vet's minimum. He is a former All Star. He is a guy who is capable of scoring some points and grabbing some rebounds. But at a vet's minimum, that's that, I thought that was a that was a home run for them. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I I would still keep him at seven. Okay. No, I mean I think that's all fair. I just feel like I got to keep the anti Andre Drummond agenda alive. So nah. Like it's a great value, objectively speaking, it's a great value for vet minimum. But like that kind of tells you the perception around the league, where he's just like, you know what, nobody wants me. I'm gonna go back up the dude that sunned me several times. <laughs> How do you think that conversation went? And B walk, and <laughs> B just shooting hoops and drumming walks in. Oh my god, I wish there was a camera live right there. I bet you he cut so much ass. You know what I mean? Um, but no, nah, I think you know I don't want to give Chicago the time of day. They're getting hype all over. But I do want to say I do like Zach Levine's game. I've never been a fan of DeRozan's, but I do like Lonzo's fit with Levine. Um, you know, that's, there's talent there, you know. Um, Patrick Williams, I feel like he was going to be kind of the key cog, at least from my perspective, in terms of making that lineup work because he would have had to be like that's the wing stopper and kind of like the complementary piece to, you know, the quote-unquote star power they have. But I think he's out or he's injured. He's not going to be playing game one, but... You know they're, they're gonna be an interesting squad for sure, and I feel like I'm gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of attention on those Knicks Bulls matchups. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, they're trying to be where we was at last year, and they got Zach Levine, who we've been connected to, and he hasn't signed an extension yet. It's it's spicy, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that that about covers it, right? I was I was about to ask though, like you said, I don't know, never mind. You you covered that already. 
What about Charlotte? Just like one last bonus. What do you think about LaMelo and, and the gang? I think they'll be a good team. Um, top top eight, maybe not, but they'll. Mm. I, I'm pretty sure they'll be in a play-in tournament. Okay. Probably, we'll probably see Lamelo versus Lonzo. That'd be nice to see. Hey, that would be kind of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Lavar Ball. Shout out to Lavar Ball. Lavar Ball, bro. Like, he may be called annoying a, at times, but called yeah. him a madman. Yo, they did call him a madman. Now he has three sons that are in the NBA. Or one of them was in the G League, but still, that's even more than like anybody else can ever say. So, mm-hmm. yeah, shout out to Lavar. Um, do we want to touch on finals predictions right now? Just to, just sh- to shout out, out to the shout out to the holiday parents because they got three boys in the NBA. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you know what? Shout out to them, especially because we. I just had to remember that they. Oh, oh yeah, the holiday brothers have parents. We don't. We don't know about them. Unlike you know the Ball Clan. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want to do finals predictions right now? Let's do it off top, real quick. Who you got in the finals? Who, what's, what's the finals uh, matchup? Bucks Lakers. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Off the top, uh, go. It doesn't sound boring. Nah, nah. Fuck it. Bucks Lakers. I was gonna say Brooklyn Lakers, but nah. The hate runs deep. <laughs> and it'd just be so much more funnier. It'd be so much more funnier if, like, oh, sh- again? Y'all out? <laughs> out before the finals? What happened to the Dream Team? <laughs> All right, bro. I think that was, uh, bro, it's, it's good to be back, bro. Just talking real ball. We got yep. regular season basketball. No more, no more of that preseason shit. Yo, the Knicks are back. Playing tomorrow. I'm hyped, bro. That's right, man. Season four is going to be fucking great. Yes, sir. Knock on wood. Cheers to a good season. You know? Yep. It's just hope for, you know, happiness and health for us and the Knicks. That's right. All right. So I think that about wraps up this episode of Nickish. We appreciate you guys checking out this episode and making it this far. And we're truly appreciative for all, all the listeners of the last four seasons uh, in the last three years. So we're excited to keep going. And we hope you guys continue to tune into our episodes. Uh, we, ha- we will have a live stream right after the game. Uh, yes, game one of the Knicks live on yes, YouTube, sir. so make sure you you tune in, check it out, throw a like, uh, and subscribe. And uh, speaking of subscribe, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Uh, we got a lot of things lined up for this fourth well, fourth season that we're excited to bring to you guys. So uh, make sure you check it out. Until next time, enjoy the NBA season. Take care. Peace. Peace.